Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Yeah, let's get there. Are you ready for the word today? Yeah. Shirley, are you ready for the word today? Awesome. Xavier, are you ready for the word today? Let's go. Let's pray and we're going to dive in. Father, we want to say thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that we can gather under, under the one name of Jesus. Different cultures, different backgrounds, different languages, but the one name, Jesus. Jesus in Spanish. Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. Any other languages, the name of Jesus? What other language? Jesus. Christos? Yeshua? Hebrew. Australia. Aussie, Jesus. How do you say, how do you say Jesus in Vietnamese? Yezu, similar. Wow, amazing. Under, under the one name, Jesus. Different cultures, different languages, different backgrounds. One name, one church. Jesus, we worship you today and we say thank you that we can gather. As, and as we come to your word, we pray that you transform us, that you move in our hearts, and that your name will be glorified in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you enjoy this time of worship today? Yeah. Wasn't it great? They did a great job. Thank you, Dave and Annabelle, for leading us so well. It was awesome. And you guys at the production team, thank you for doing a great job as well. We appreciate that. Um, Crystal, if you saw her, I was on drums for the first time in the morning. She was like, she's out with the young people, I think. That was, um, she smashed it. It was really, really great. Um, just want to let you know that um, the two Margarets, Margaret Rowe and Margaret Williams. Margaret Williams played keyboard, second keyboard today. Margaret Rowe, Margaret's, where is she here? Downstairs with the kids. They want to start like a women's gathering thing. So if you're interested, if you're a lady and you want to get involved in that, talk to one of the Margarets and they'll give you some more information. And we're still trying to work out what it looks like, but we're trying to get some more voices involved. So ladies, if you're interested in putting something together, talk to the Margarets. Sound good? Good. Let's, let's, um, I'm going to start with a story today, as I like to do, to introduce our topic. And I want to take you back to year nine at high school, East Hills Boys High School. I'm 14 or 15 years old. Yeah, you laughed, Pete. Because when you're 14 or 15, man, life is, you're just trying to work it all out. And it was, we're just going into, we're still trying to work it out. We've just gone into electives, classes have been moved. I'm not um, with friends anymore in my classes. Um, I'm feeling pretty lonely at school. I'm getting bullied because I'm really, really tall. Uh, No, (laughs) opposite. I'm getting bullied at school. Um, And school wasn't a great time for me. I didn't, didn't, didn't enjoy it. But one of the things I did to get through that difficult season was to look forward to this family holiday that we had every year. And in the September, October holidays, mum and dad took us for two weeks. It was, our, it was the annual holiday up the coast to a place where there's water and fishing, yes, and going there again in a couple of weeks, Mel. Um, and water and fishing and family, and I loved it. Um, and I really looked forward to going to this place. So what I did in preparation is I, I sat in my English class and I sat, there was like all the people sat around tables and there was one table right next to the door. And, and I, deliberately, I deliberately sat there each day because I was a bit lonely, didn't want to hang out with the rest of them. But I could also look down the corridor because I was right next to the door to see what was going on, which interested me. Uh, but then I also went to the back of the book and then I worked out how many days it was through the holiday and then I wrote one, two, three, four, five, up to about 120 days. And whenever I went to English class, I would recount the days, didn't learn anything, obviously. And then I would cross off the days 
as it got closer and closer to that holiday because I was looking forward to it so much. You know, when we look forward to things, it helps us get through difficult situations. We might be looking forward to a party or an event or a holiday or seeing someone who's special to you. You can look forward to that. And if you're in a difficult situation, that thing that's coming up can help you get through. And if you're a Christian today, the Bible talks about something that we should, be, that we should all be looking forward to. And the, uh, the Bible describes it in, in, in many different ways, and I've written down some of those ways. The, the Bible describes this, this, this place that we should be looking forward to as our, as our home, as believers. It's a permanent place, an eternal place, and it will be there forever. It's a place where there's no weeping or crying, a place where there's no pain or death or sickness, Jesus describes this place where there's going to be a great party, a great banquet, where we're going to have a hoot and we're going to eat lots of food and celebrate. It's a place that's been built by God and Jesus has gone there to prepare a place for me and for you. It's a place where uh, 1 Corinthians 3 talks about rewards, where we'll be rewarded in heaven for how we live this life. Jacko, is that for me? No, it's for Dad. It's nice. Thank you. So you bring it forward. Father's Day early, Jackson. Well done. First of all, let's all thank Jackson and celebrate Jackson. Well done, Jackson. We just rewarded Jackson, and on that day, you will be rewarded in that place. Um, the Bible describes it as a great reunion, and we just sang in that song, we will go and stand with the heroes of the faith, and we will see those who have gone before us. And we'll get to meet Reinhard Bonnke. And we'll get to meet Reinhard Bonnke. And we get to meet Reinhard Bonnke. Wow. I've been to some great worship conferences. I've had Darlene Check leading me in worship. And today we had Annabelle and, Lee, and David lead us so well in worship. That was excellent. But in this place, it's going to be a whole nother level of worship. It will be a place where there's no need for a son, for God himself will be its light. And we will see him face to face. We will see him face to face. What place am I talking about? Heaven. Amen. It is the heaven, the place where we go and be with him forever. It's the, most, it's the most wonderful place. And it's the place that if you're a believer today, if you put your faith in Jesus, it's the place that we should be looking forward to as we go through the ups and downs of life. You know, we, we live in this fallen world where there's brokenness, there's pain, there's hurt. There's busted relationships. People treat each other poorly. We treat ourselves poorly. And we go through difficult situations. And if you're a Christian, that doesn't remove you from that. You're still in this fallen world, and you still go through difficulty and suffering and hardship. And if you're a full-on follower of Jesus, it can even make it worse, because as you step out in faith, you give up your comforts, and you lay down the stuff of the world in order to honor him, which might make it more difficult in this season, but in the next season, wow, the rewards for that. And as you step out in faith and as you declare that you're a Christian, that leads to persecution. And people treating you poorly for your faith in Jesus and being rejected and being looked down on because of your faith in Jesus. And this is what happens as we live lives of faith. But the reason... One of the many reasons we can go through the hardship in life, the ups and downs, one of the reasons we can go through the persecution and the rejection 
is because we know what's coming. We know of the eternal life where one day we will see him face to face. Our text is from Hebrews 11 this year, and, and in this text, it talks about Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Isaac, and it says that these people went through a life of discomfort. It wasn't easy for them, but they put their faith in God, and God saw their faith, and he celebrated it. Peter, Peter and I had lunch on, I don't know, this week, and we talked about how these people these heroes of faith weren't perfect. I mean, Abraham um, said his wife was his sister, which was a half lie because it was. But anyway, long story. So that he would get himself out of trouble from a king and he gave his wife to be married. Like he did stuff that you go, what are you doing? But God didn't celebrate all the dodgy stuff they did. He celebrated their faith in him. And when God looks at your life, yeah, does he see it? Yeah, he sees it, but he doesn't celebrate our wrongdoing and he doesn't celebrate our weakness. He celebrates our faith in him. To sur- when we surrender and say, God, I'm with you, I'm for you, I put my trust in you, God sees that and he goes, yes, yes, I celebrate that. And as Abraham lived this life of leaving his country and being obedient to God and he sacrificed and he went out of, and, and he was uncomfortable in many situations, He kept doing that because he knew what was ahead of him, because of eternity. Let's look at this text from Hebrews chapter 11, four verses. Here it is. All these people, who are these people? Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob. It talks about them in the passage just before this. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't throw away their faith. They lived by faith throughout their whole life. And they did not receive the things promised. Well, look at that. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Verse 14. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, that's Haran, the place they'd left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I love that last bit. Savannah, God is not ashamed to be called your God. Wow. Xavier, God is not ashamed to be called your God. Wow. Not because you're awesome. Well, you are in lots of ways, but because of your faith in him. Because of your faith in him. Amen. My wife took up my last name on our wedding day. She wanted, can I use the word belong to me? Is that too... Yeah, you know, you'll go with that. She's saying that she's, she's with me. Can we do that? That's safer, isn't it? She's part of my family. And God says to us, when we put our faith in him, he's with me. But he belongs to he, she belongs to my family. Wow. Amazing stuff. We'll look at that. So as we look at this text today, three things, three things from the, this text. First thing, they were still living by faith, even, they, even though they didn't see the, th- the things promised. Still living by faith even when they didn't receive the things promised. This is what it says in verse 13. All these people, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And I'm going to, use, I'm going to translate that to say they only saw a glimpse of the promises of God in their life. 
What are these promises? We need to go back to Genesis chapter 12. Super important part of the Bible. Young people, you need to know Genesis 12, that first bit. Because God speaks to Abraham about, about um, promises to him that affects all of us and even today. And God made promises around, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be famous, Abraham. I'm going to give you many descendants, as many as the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. In verse 7, he says, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to promise this land to you. He says, I'm going to bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. He gives some promises. And these promises that God gave Abraham, Abraham didn't see the fullness of these promises in his life. He only saw glimpses of it. Let me give you some examples. First promise, God said, I'm going to give you many descendants, as many as the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. Well, Abraham had Ishmael, then he had Isaac, and after Sarah died, he, he, he married again, and he had six other sons. He must have some good daughters there. We're not, not sure who they are. But let's say he had eight sons. That doesn't look like descendants like the stars in the sky, eight. But as that group of people pop, had, had babies, you know, they went on, we have the, 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 the Jewish nation today. He only saw a glimpse. God told Abraham in Genesis 12 from, to leave your land, to go to the land I will show you. And he turns up in this land, and in verse 7 of Genesis 12, God says, this is the land you're going to get. Now, Abraham didn't receive that land as his own, but rather his descendants received it some 500 years later when Moses and then Joshua took the people into the promised land. 500 years later, Abraham had a glimpse. Another promise was, your name is going to be famous. And Abraham has some um, interactions with some kings at the time. But that's nothing compared to what he has now. We, all sit, we, we, we sang that song if you're in Sunday school. Father Abraham has many sons. Many sons has far. Right hand, left arm, right foot. Nod your head. Anyone do that one? Andrew gave us a beautiful rendition in the night, and we won't ask you to do that today. Thank you, Andrew, for that, for giving us those horrible memories. Um, no, they were great. If you're a Christian, Romans 4 talks about Abraham as the father of faith because he put his faith in God as the one to put his faith, and we follow that. And then if you're a Muslim, we look back to Abraham because his son was Ishmael, and that's where the, that's where the Islamic community comes from, Ishmael. So 4 billion people today celebrate Abraham. Abraham knew a few kings. He saw a glimpse of being famous, but today he is super, super famous. Even more famous than Reinhard Bonnke, if that's possible. <laughs> famous. He only saw a glimpse. And yet, even though Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they only saw a glimpse of God's promises, they continue to put their faith in him all the way to their death. Now, I think about Christians today. Christians who say yes to Jesus and start the journey, but then stuff happens. Life doesn't go as, as they expect. Christians treat them poorly. The church isn't perfect and they have a bad experience. Or God, or they put expectations on God and God doesn't meet their expectations and therefore they're disappointed. And many of these people just go, that's it, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to continue this thing. But these guys saw a glimpse, and continued it. Now, for us today, we have glimpses of God's promises in our life. We have the kingdom of God. When we commit our life to Jesus, we enter his kingdom, and we see a glimpse of that now, but we will see the fullness of the kingdom at his return. 
When, when you commit your life to Jesus, he gives you a new identity. You are loved and forgiven and adopted and he lends you love. And we see glimpses of that now, that when Jesus returns, we'll see the fullness of that. Jesus says eternal life is to know him, the Father, know the Son. And we have a glimpse of that now, but when Jesus returns, we'll see the fullness of eternal life. But not only do we have glimpses, we see the fullness of God's promise. Because we stand 2,000 years since Abraham, and we see those promises that God gave Abraham fulfilled. We now see the descendants, the Jewish nation that has had, that's got millions of people and for generations. We see Abraham's name famous. We see the land given to Israel. We see the whole world blessed through Abraham. Who's that pointing to? Jesus. That we're all blessed. And then we look back through the Old Testament. We see the prophecies and the promises of God of what's going to happen in Jesus. And then Jesus says, I'm going to do all these things and does them. He says, I'm going to rise from the dead. And then he rises from the dead. And he says, I'm going to build my church. And the church has been built for 2,000 years. So we can look back and say, God kept his promises. And then we see God's promises fulfilled in our lives. He's never going to leave me. He's going to provide for me. He's going to guide me. God's going to work in my life. And we see his promises now. How much more? Here's the point. How much more should we be people of faith and continue our faith through all the days of our lives because of we see the promises of God? Abraham and those people only saw the glimpses of the promises, and yet they were faithful. How much more should we be faithful when we've seen everything that we've seen? Amen? So why do they keep going? Why did these people continue to live with faith? Number two, because they're living for the future, a heavenly future. Hebrews 11.13, again, all these people, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, were still living by faith when they, when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them, the glimpse, and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting, here it is, they were foreigners and strangers on earth. A foreigner and a stranger in a stranger. God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, 1, and says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. They were living in Haran with his family, with his comfort, with his security. He had it all in Haran. And then God speaks and says, Go to a land I will show you. Where's that? I'll show you along the way. That's a step of faith, isn't it, right there? And then as he goes, he leaves all that behind and becomes a foreigner in a new nation. Some of you guys have come from Chile or Vietnam or South Africa or, where, or Canada. Canada's like Australia, isn't it? Very similar, right? Or a different part of the world and you've come to this nation from India. You've come to this nation and you might feel like a foreigner and a stranger as we have different language, a different culture. We say, g'day, mate. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. On the barbie. What's a barbie? What's all that? We have a, we, and, and you try and fit in and you try and work out how this works. You can feel like a stranger here. And that's how Abraham recognizes. He says, I'm a, I'm a stranger here. And the, and, and, the, and the easy thing and the most comfortable thing for him to do is to think back to Haran. Is to think, well, let's just return there where my family is, where the support system is, where all that is. But Abraham doesn't do that because he lives by faith. And God spoke to him about leaving and going. So he lived by faith as a foreigner and a stranger. He took discomfort over comfort. He sacrificed because of faith in God. Look at verse 14. 
He says, people who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. He says that he is a stranger and a foreigner, meaning that I have another home. And it would have made sense for Abraham to think of Haran, but he doesn't think about that. Verse 15, if they had been thinking about the country they left Haran, they would have had opportunity to return. But they weren't thinking about Haran. They weren't. What were they thinking about? Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And it should be the same for us today. As we live in this world, 1 Peter describes you as an alien. And if you look around this room, you could say, that's pretty, that person, look, Martin, might look a little bit like an alien. And, and um, Andrew, look, no, not really. Aliens and strangers in this world. This is not our home. This is temporary. And yet we put down deep roots and we get caught up in the things of the world. And, but this is temporary. Our eternal home is what is to come. The place where we will see him face to face. The place where there's a great banquet and we will eat and celebrate, where we will see the Reinhard Bonkies and the Christians, Mr. Rex, will see him again. And there's people that you know of who are your family members who have passed who are in the Lord, we will celebrate with them again. There's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no crying, there's no death. It is the place that we should be longing for, for that is our home. And that is what these people of old had their eyes upon. And we should too. You know, in life, we're going to go through ups and downs. We're going to go through all different seasons. But when we have our eyes upon heaven, it will help us get through whatever's thrown our way, whatever comes. It will help us to get through. When we stand for Jesus and we're persecuted for our faith, it's okay because I know what's next. And those people that are killed for their faith, they know this life is temporary and that's eternal, so they willingly go, yep, take my life because I know what's coming. The final thing from this text, third thing is this. God is not ashamed to be called their God. God is not ashamed to be called their God, verse 16. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. He's not, he's not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. This is what it says in the Amplified Version, Hebrews eleven sixteen. But the truth is, is that they were longing for a better country. That is a heavenly one. For that reason, God is not ashamed of them or to be called their God, even to be surnamed their God. I love that. The God of Abraham the God of Isaac and Jacob, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, when I, God looks at you, he says that you're mine. You're mine. Michelle Green, she's part of my family. She's mine. Yeah, that's fair. She's, she's mine. And God says about you, you're mine. Not because, you're, not because you get it all right. Not because you had a good week. Not because you've served him in many, many ways, but because of your faith in him, your trust in him. Jesus, I know who you are. I know you died for me, you rose again. I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I commit my life to you. I trust you, God, with my life, my future, 
That's what pleases him. And when you do that, he puts a stamp on you and says, mine, belongs to me. He's not ashamed to be called your God. He's not ashamed. You know, in preparation for this message, I was thinking about this and I went, what if, and, 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 and I think Paul speaks against this, but this is, this is my thought. He, said, he says, listen to my thought. I said, what if, what if there was no eternal life? And it was just now. Is it enough to live a life where God says, he's mine? In some ways, I go, yes. To live a life where God says, he's mine, and to love him and serve him because of who he is. You know, that could be enough. But actually, it's only the beginning because the Bible talks about the next life. And the home that we get to go to, we get to see him face to face. You know what we need, friends, church? We need a revelation of eternity. And when I say revelation, I'm talking about not just knowing it and knowing the, knowing the, the truth, but knowing it in here. Where I know what's ahead of me, so I don't need to fear death. I know what's ahead of me, so I'm going to serve him and love him and honor him. And even if people reject me, even if I'm persecuted, even if it means laying down comfort, if it means sacrifice, I'm going to do all those things because I know what is ahead of me and I'm going after it and I'm going to be single-minded for you, God, for your glory. I know what's ahead. I'm going to live for you. So we're going to sing this song again. Dave, please lead us. Come on, team, lead us. Hymn of heaven. And I wanted to sing this song because the words are brilliant. The words are brilliant. But at the end of this song, I want us to, I'm going to give you opportunity to receive prayer. And the prayer is for a revelation. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about a supernatural thing, of, a move of God where he puts in your heart a knowing, a knowing, a knowing that heaven is your home and that you're going to see him face to face and you're going to look forward to it and there's going to be a desire in you to be there. Paul says, it's better that I go and be with Christ right now, but no, it's better for you that I remain. He had this desire within him to go and be with Christ, that we'd have this in us. A supernatural move. So we're going to sing this song, and at the end of the song, I'll get, up, I'll get back up, I'll invite the prayer team forward, and we're going to pray that God will give you a revelation of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.